We are in 1 Corinthians 10, looking at Christian liberty. Several sermons here out of these verses. We're only going to look at verse 13 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I do have several verses I'm going to need you to look up for me. So if you young folks want to do sword drills, or if you young at heart folks want to do sword drills, we need to look up those verses together tonight. Before we get into 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I just want to kind of give us a quick review about the principle of Christian liberty. I'll give you five questions here. Because Paul teaches us that all things are lawful for us, but... And, and he, he gives several follow-ups to that. So five quick questions that are always good for you to have written down, have in your mind, have to go through when you're trying to decide, am I free to do this thing that I'm thinking about doing here? Number one, all things are lawful for me, but will they lead to freedom or slavery? 1 Corinthians six twelve. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So this is lawful for me, but is it going to lead to freedom in my life to be furthered, or is it going to put me back into bondage? Well, what I'm about to do, while I'm free to do this thing, put me into bondage. Number two, all things are lawful for me, but will these things make me a stumbling block or a stepping stone to others? That's 1 Corinthians eight thirteen. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. We should avoid being a stumbling block and we should strive to be a stepping stone. So this is lawful, but will it make me a stepping stone or a stumbling block? Number three, all things are lawful for me, but will this build me up or tear me down? Is this going to be edifying to me or is this going to be detrimental to my spiritual well-being? That's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. To edify is to build up. So is this going to build me up in the Lord? Or is this going to separate me and, and tear down something that I've been working at in my Christian life, that God's been working on in me? Number four, all things are lawful for me, but will they only please me or will they glorify Christ? That's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. What do we say there? Soli Deo Gloria. Glory to God alone. So this is lawful for me, but is it going to also bring glory to God? Our every breath should be breathed for His glory. And then number five, all things are lawful for me, but will they also help me to win the lost to Christ? Or will I become a stumbling block to those who need to be won for the gospel? 1 Corinthians 10.33 Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. And church, I would remind you, what else are we here for? We have all of eternity for all of the rest, but we only have until eternity to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. All things are lawful for me, but are they going to help win the lost to Christ? Or are these things going to turn them away? The way we use our freedom and the way we relate to others indicates whether we are mature in Christ. Strong and weak Christians need to work together, need to work together in love to edify one another and to glorify Jesus Christ. All right, now let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
And in the, the, the mindset of thinking about our Christian liberty, we need to investigate the idea of temptation. Because typically it's either something that we've felt like we can't or shouldn't do that we finally realize we're free to do and this is, this is good and it's fun and it's okay. We can take a breath of fresh air. Or this could just be a temptation to sin and we need to be very careful with that. So right smack dab in the middle of his teaching on Christian liberty, Paul brings up temptation. Chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Let's pray. Lord, we we want to be right with you. We want to be right with ourselves, and we want to be right with the world around us. We thank you that we have your word as our guidebook in this regard, and we have your Holy Spirit leading us and illuminating the word for us. Lord, as we think about tonight, the area of temptation, no doubt we all have our struggles. So Lord, I pray that we would learn from this tonight in a way that would build us up. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have these liberties as Christians, but within this life of freedom, under grace, we're we're no longer under the law. We're not to be brought back in that bondage of being under the law. That's That's in the same way of a command of don't sin. Well, it would also be sinful for you to be brought under the bondage of the law again because you've been made free in Christ. But in that struggle, we also still just have the struggle of sinning. The world, the flesh, the devil, all of these things are warring against us, warring against our members and causing us, alluring us to do sinful things because these sinful things separate us from God. So before Paul goes any deeper into Christian liberty here, he gives a warning. Verse 12, we looked at last time. He gave the warning, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You're most apt to be knocked down when you think you stand the highest. Then he shares this verse of encouragement in this time of dealing with our temptations. And I want to give you three quick points tonight. I don't intend to be very long. We've, we've had a lot of stuff going on lately. We had Fall Revival, then we had the Fall uh, Reformation Festival, had Men's Steak Night last night. You all just had your 6 o'clock discipleship group, so I'll be quick and uh, get you home before the Waffle House closes. <laughs> Can you tell that I hung out with a gray-haired preacher last week? <laughs> Three quick things that are comforts as we go through this. The first is just that first phrase, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is as common to man. So the first encouragement we have when dealing with temptation is just the knowledge of the commonness of temptation. Now you could take that the other way and say, yeah, it's common because I'm always being tempted and it's exhausting. But Paul's reminder here is not that. Paul's reminder here is you're not facing anything that someone else hasn't already faced. You're not facing anything that those behind you will not also have to face. These are things that are common to man. These are things that are just human. These are things that are accommodated to human strength. Things that are such as humans ought to be able to bear. We haven't nor will we be subject to superhuman or extraordinary temptations. Temptation is common. Our struggle is common. It's only when we begin to feel like we're the only one who's ever dealt with this thing or that we've got it worse than everybody else that we can begin justifying giving in to the temptation. 
But isn't that how it works? I'm just not happy. I'm the only one. I mean, this has been human nature since the fall. I read a good story today and it excited me. A man named Bishop Lightfoot. Who's familiar with Bishop Lightfoot? I was not familiar with Bishop Lightfoot. He was Bishop of Durham and he did ministry traveling in a horse carriage. That was the era in which he ministered. He was traveling one day in a horse carriage along a very narrow mountain road in Norway. Anybody ever been to Norway? I think it's on the other side of Bon Aqua. I'm not exactly sure, but I think that's the case. The, the mountain path got so narrow that he only had inches between the cliff on this side and the drop-off bluff on this side and the wagon wheels going over. And his driver suggested that he get out and walk for safety's sake till they got to a better stretch of road. Lightfoot looked at the road, and this is what he said. Other carriages must have passed down this road, so let's just drive on. Now, that's an encouragement as we think about temptation simply being common. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to men. Others have walked down this same road of temptation. Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So I would say to us tonight in regards to temptation, just drive on. Speaking of Christ, here's your first sword drill tonight. Got your sword ready? Bible's up? All right. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. Preston, if y'all can help me look here. I'm, I miss. Oh, ben beat everybody. All right, Ben, do 12 and 13. Yeah, amen. Even Jesus' temptation here. It's common. The world is wicked. Jesus was tempted. But God provided help for him in this way. All right, swords up. 1 John 2, 16. Come on, somebody from my generation. Got it. All right, let's hear it. For all that is in the world, the desire is the flesh, and the desire is the eyes and pride of life, not from the Father, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to negate that if somebody of my generation has it to King James. Then we're going to tell Jack he's out. <laughs> no, you already got points. Yeah, Jack is right. For all that is in the world, the lusts of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Everybody in here that's over about 23. Is that good? I, I, I'm wanting some of us who are... They think we're slow, but we're still fast, aren't we? We can, we can still do this. This is what we have to battle. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. If you think about it, that's all of sin. The things that our flesh wants to do that we want to go after. The things that our eyes see that we want to go after. The pride of life, the things that we want to kind of build a legacy up into or be proud of and be sinning in regards to these things. Um, someone shared with me recently that that also lays out times of life when you're uh, youthful. You're full of passions, and so the lust of the flesh is a thing. As you hit middle age, it's, it's, you're hard, having a hard time being content. You're covetous, so the lust of the eyes is really a thing. And then when you hit old age and you're thinking about you're dying and you've got generations behind you, the pride of life becomes a thing. You, how many of you, every time somebody comes to your house, you show them the legacy wall? These are my children. These are my grandchildren. You know, right? We do this. Don't, I've, I've sort of 
My kids make fun of me because you get me get my phone open. I'm going to go to that photos app and I'm going to start scrolling and say, well, look at here. Look at this. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So Paul first here in regards to our temptation recognizes the commonness of temptation. He follows this with another comfort. God's faithfulness. Look at verse 13. There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Isn't he? We can just amen Paul there. It doesn't really need preached. Just God is faithful. All right, sword drill. Swords up. 1 Corinthians 1 9. God. All right, Henry. God is faithful by whom you were called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, God is faithful. All right, swords up. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Yep. Melissa got it. Did anybody beat Melissa? You got to be loud. All right. Yeah. Faithful he is he that calleth you who also will do it. Isn't God that faithful? How often does he keep his promises? Always, Always keeps his promises. All right, swords up. Hebrews 10, 23. All right, Daryl. Yes, hold fast your profession of faith without wavering because God is faithful. He promised it. He always keeps his promises. All right, swords up. You, you of my generation be thinking on this one. 1 John 1, 9. Yes, Henry got it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Did you, you, you can skip that a lot in that verse, don't you? Because we're talking about having our sins forgiven here. But why are our sins forgiven? Because God is faithful. Faithful Faithful is He that calleth you, who also will do it. Hold fast your profession without wavering, because God is faithful. He's promised it. If we confess our sins, He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of our sins. So temptation is common, and God is faithful. These are two great comforts to the believer. We have a way. We have a method. We have a path. We have a, a, a guidebook. In dealing with temptation. We're not out there defenseless. We have on the armor of God. We're not out there helpless. We have God as our helper. Praise the Lord. He has promised to preserve His people. So partially, the answer to our temptation is simply this. God is faithful. Overcoming is, is not based upon your own firmness. Overcoming is based upon God's faithfulness. Praise the Lord. And then the last one that I'll give you tonight is the remainder of that verse. We can deal with temptation because it's common. We can deal with temptation because God is faithful. And then finally, we can handle temptation because of God's provision that is given when we are tempted. Look back at chapter 10, verse 13. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. 
Have y'all seen these? I love these videos. People put a camera in front of these kids and they put candy on the table and they'll say, now, I'm going to go out of the room. If you don't eat this candy right here in front of you, I've got a big, a big prize I'm going to give you. And so they, they leave them and like, it does, usually the kids just eat the candy. Grinning all the way, right? There's one of these two little boys. They look like little brothers. And like the one looks at the candy, he looks at his brother. And then the brother looks at his brother and he eats the candy. And the other brother gets so happy because he's like, I'm glad he ate the candy because I wanted to eat the candy too. And they eat the candy. That is a good measuring device on what we're able to withstand. A child is not typically able to withstand eating candy in a room alone by themselves. So as a parent... What do you not do if you don't want your child to eat candy? Don't put them in a room all by themselves with candy. Adults, I would say to you in that illustration, let he who has ears to hear, hear. Men, there's some things you're not able to withstand in a room alone by yourself. It's not candy, it's other things. Ladies, there's some things that you're not able to withstand in an online room by yourselves or in a book by yourselves. Let he who has ears to hear, hear. What is the answer to temptation? Our temptation is common. God is faithful, but God will make a way to escape. That is his provision when it comes to our temptations. All right, sword drill. Hebrews 2.18. Desiree. Yes. Somebody define secure for us. Helper aid. Is that what you said? Yeah. Helper aid. He's able to give us to this. He has provision for us. Someone wrote, there is no valley so dark, but he can find a way through it. No affliction so grievous, but he can prevent or remove or enable us to support it. And in the end, overrule it to our advantage. That's the blessing of the believer is when we believe God's promise and we trust in God's provision, we understand that this temptation is common and we let him see us through it. And in the end, that is to our advantage. What we get because we wait, what we get because we don't partake is way better than that which we would go ahead and partake in now for the instant gratification of that pleasure of sin for the moment. But, but, but we have to trust God through it. And that measure, then, what really is all sin? You're simply just not trusting in God. Adam and Eve, you can take of all of these trees, all of these trees in the in the garden. Just this one tree, don't. Just by percentage, what was the better route for them? All the rest are the one. All of the rest. But those of you who are in the time of life that I'm in right now, and the lust of the eyes is really a thing. What do you typically want? The one thing you don't have. I've, I own 98 golf clubs. Guess how many I want to own? Well, at least 99. <laughs> That's exactly right. James or Paul is teaching the Corinthians here. God will not suffer you to be attempted above that you are able. So if he's brought you to it, he intends to bring you through it. He will, with the temptation, make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. My dad would always say, where God guides, he provides, and where he leads, he feeds. We like to eat, so we always amend him on that one. The book of James, chapter 1, 
Verse 2, 3, and 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Are you letting patience have her perfect work in your life in regards to temptation? Or are you just simply partaking? James says in essence here, when, when we're tempted, we should jump up and celebrate and face this time with an excitement. Knowing because God is perfecting me through this time. And He's going to make a way for me to be able to get through it. So Christians, I would remind us tonight that we're free. We have Christian liberty. Grace has set you free. John 8, 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free. How? Indeed. Indeed you're free. We're free from our sin. We're free from the penalty of our sin, which is God's wrath and hell. And we're free from the law. But we must always be mindful of these things about liberty. Verse 12. Your liberty does not make you exempt from failure. And verse number 13. Your liberty does not keep you from temptation. Let's pray. Father, we're so glad to be able to study your word with your church tonight. Thank you for this helpful verse on temptation. Help us to never forget the commonness of temptation. We're, we're, not, we're not facing something that Jesus didn't face. We're not facing something that previous Christians before us haven't faced. Help us to remember that you'll provide and you'll help us through our times of temptation. So trust in you and not in ourselves and to withstand. All the while, help us to not be bound under legalism anymore, but to be free as you've made us indeed free. Lord, we thank you for your promise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.